Welcome to the Freelance Afternoon Show. We are two freelancers who started our own successful businesses and want to help other aspiring freelancers learn from our mistakes while building a successful business of their own. Hi, I'm your host, Devin Wapaya, and I'm here with my co-host, Wes Vance, and this is part two of how to network your way to your first client. Last episode, we talked about knowing who your client is and putting yourself where they are. And so you have now at this point painted a picture-perfect idea of who your first client is, you know who you're going to sell to, and you have in your mind of who this person is. But as you look around at your social circle, you don't see that person standing directly adjacent to you. So how do you go from having an idea of who your first client is to having them pay you money? And the first thing that I think any intelligent freelancer will do is tell everyone that they know. When you are trying to expand your circle, the best way is to start with your network that you currently have. So who is your network? It's your friends, it's your family, it's anyone who's willing to listen to you talk about who you are and what you do. And what I mean by that is when you first start, you can do something as simple as going on Facebook and declaring, hey, I'm a freelance developer now. Anyone know anyone looking for work or looking for someone to build something for them or looking for someone that needs photographs? And once you get past that social injection of all of your social circles, then at that point, look at who within your social circles that you haven't reached out to directly yet. Maybe they're acquaintances, maybe there's someone you haven't talked to for five years, but you know that they're having a wedding soon and they need a photographer and you're a freelance photographer. So don't be afraid to just send them a little message on Facebook, on Twitter, via email, via text. Hey, I recently started freelance photography. I would love to participate in your wedding. Here's some of the work I've done. Or I haven't done any work yet, but I'm looking for an opportunity to showcase what I know. And I haven't done any client work, but I have done some things on the side. This is what I know about photography. And beyond that, ask them about their situation. It's not enough just to say, I'm here, this is what I do. Really, if this person is going to be a potential client, you want to get to know who they are. So you want to ask this person who's having a wedding, where are you having it? What kind of lighting are you planning on having? Is it going to be indoor? Is it going to be outdoor? Anything that would really matter to a photographer. If you're thinking about a situation where you're going to need to bring equipment in, then you're going to want to ask those people things that would help you determine what you're going to bring in. And while you're asking them these questions, even if it's just questions about their situation, people love talking about their situation. If someone's having a wedding, I would be hard pressed to find someone who's not willing to talk about their wedding. I would be hard pressed to find someone who's starting a startup that isn't wanting to talk about their startup. And if you can just get these people talking about them and building this idea of what they need, it's going to help you, one, know what you need to be marketing yourself for, and two, it's going to help them build trust in you. Because even though you're not actually telling them anything, and you're just asking them questions, that's still a trust that's being built because they're thinking that you're asking the right questions that are relevant. That's awesome, Devin. I totally agree with everything. Again, it's kind of like what we talked about last episode. It's like, you're not just networking with that one person. You're networking with all of their network as well, right? The opportunity for them to refer you to their friends and to learn about the projects that their friends are going through, the, this, the information that they've heard. So like, you know, what are you, seven circles away from everyone on earth, right? So it's same thing here. It's just, it's just about 
meeting as many people as you can. And kind of going along with that, what I did when I first started out freelancing was trying to understand who else is doing this, who else is freelancing, who else is doing things similar to freelancing, who else is offering services that maybe aren't exactly like mine, complement mine in some way, right? So again, kind of going off this wedding, this is kind of wedding example that Devin has been talking about. Let's say you're a photographer, you're doing weddings, and there's a party planner that you've known that's on your Facebook, right? Reach out to them, see if they know anything or see if they've worked with other photographers in the area that oftentimes there'll be great referrals to you. So for me, I know all of the designers. I have a bunch of designers I know and I go to whenever I need design work done. I have a bunch of developers that have different skills for me that I go to when I need different type of development skills done. Um, I have SEO people for search engine optimization skills. It's just a big network of people that you know, and the more people that you can connect with, the better off you'll be in your own business as well, and the more successful you'll be. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and reemphasize this point about asking them about their businesses. So even if they have like a wedding planner or SEO experts, and Wes, whenever you were building connections with these friends of yours that work in semi-related circles, I, how do you originally start those conversations? Yeah, I mean, like like Devin said earlier, people just love talking about themselves, right? We love talking about ourselves. You know, if someone came up to me and asked me about my business, I, I could go on for days on, you know, my marketing strategies and what I love to help and how I help people and what offer, what services I can offer them and all this stuff. Right. So for me, I just went up and asked, you know, Hey, like how long have you been doing this business? Like uh, what type of projects have you worked on? What type of work do you enjoy? One of the biggest questions I really ask, love asking is understanding what their growth strategy is. Are they planning on being a freelancer for the next five years? Or are they really just looking, doing this kind of part-time to find another full-time job? And so, so for me, I, I connect a lot better with the people that are doing this full-time that they're really passionate about freelancing and helping people. So yeah, I was just kind of opening that dialogue and just asking them a lot about like what their business is and some of the problems that they've solved in their business and other people that they know related to their business as well. Yeah. And once you've gone past that social circle of you've reached out to everyone in your social network, everyone that you could talk to that you possibly know, at that point, it's helpful to start reaching out in the community and seeing where you can start adding value, where you can start volunteering your time to help influencers who are organizing or who are involved in the community. One of the big things in any professional space is conferences. Like there's always going to be a conference for whatever your client is doing. There are conferences for weddings. I'm about 100% certain of that. So just being able to find where these collections of people are meeting and volunteering to help out with those, not necessarily providing your services pro bono, even just helping them out with organizing, helping them out with setting up, tearing down, but being physically present in these spaces helps you build your network and have these conversations with other people. And another good resource for that is meetup.com, which we've mentioned previously. It's just a great place to go and find groups of people. And if you're considering starting your own meetup group, that's something that is also very helpful for establishing trust, not necessarily for meeting new clients. Like we said before, it's good to build that trust. But if you're hanging out with the same people, you're going to be not hanging out with your clients. That's but right. I mean, you and I both have, have kind of started our own meetup group. And in some ways we both targeted the kind of techies, right? Similar groups to ourselves. And for, for us, I think we're, we're not so much trying to reach out to our clients. We're just trying to build rapport with other developers in the, in the communities and kind of learn from their mistakes and learn from their knowledge and things like that. So meetups are great. And if you can start a meetup in exactly what your client's area is, the kind of the business side, that's awesome. Better, you know, that's even better. But for me and Devin, we've started meetups kind of in the tech where we're kind of familiar with. And that saves us time and a lot of energy in these meetups. Meetups great because it costs 20 bucks a month and you get access to like a bunch of new people to meet every month. And it can be about just about anything. 
doesn't have to be professional. It can also just be for fun. And yeah, it's just a great place to kind of get started. So I think we both recommend like when you get some time to definitely consider starting your own meetup in the long run as well. And even in the short term, just go to other people's meetups, see how they're run. Yeah. And if you can give talks at other people's meetups, that's a great way to get FaceTime with a room full of 50 people at once. That's 50 people that are there sitting attentively listening to you for 20 to 40 minutes at a time, listening to what your service is, listening to your expertise. And those 50 people are walking away from that meetup group thinking you're an expert in that field. Yep, that's perfect. You're almost kind of piggybacking off the meetup group's expertise in some ways, right? You kind of get their reputation as well, which is just really awesome. Definitely. And while you're at meetup groups, while you're at conferences, while you're networking with your friends and family, it is always helpful to have business cards. And I think that any professional is going to really help nail that hammer that nail on the head with business cards, just really proving that you're a professional. And I know Wes and I both use Moo.com to get our business cards because they are just really well-crafted and after looking at dozens of other venues that offer business cards, Moo has been the highest quality that I've seen. Yeah. And again, it's really like, yeah, it might be slightly more expensive, but it is to, to get that rapport, to get that kind of connection that you're looking for with you and your clients. That's totally worth it. You get your cost of return comes back easily. It's all about building trust and you trust someone with a higher quality card more than someone with a flimsy sheet of paper. And that's just a mental subconscious thing. Yeah. <laughs> So you're out, you're going to meetup groups, you're volunteering in person. One thing that might be a red flag to kind of stay away from is job boards. I would personally say stay away from Fiverr, stay away from Upwork, stay away from Craigslist. They're not bad. There is money there. There are ways to get money from those groups, but it's a lot harder to build trust from them. It's a lot more closer to cold emailing and it's a lot of racing to the bottom. So it's usually the people that are paying for the services that are at the advantage on those venues. So if you're trying to sell your services, those aren't going to be the best place to go because there's always going to be people in countries that have lower cost of living that can offer their services for less and the money will go further where they are. And that's honestly the advantage of those outlets. But if you're wanting to start a career as a freelancer, it's going to be a uphill struggle. And all those things, if you are around in the space, you'll hear that's called a race to the bottom. So you have a lot of people competing for the lowest rate at doing your freelance offering. So you really want to try to stay away from that and get closer to building rapport with customers and clients the best way that you can. Yeah. So like earlier, I think in the last episode, we talked about doing like building portfolio. So when I I jumped into freelancing myself a few, about a year ago, and I went ahead and did these uh, job boards and it was just... 20 hours a week of just applying and talking back and forth and maybe getting one good client out of it. And it, it was really tough. It's tough stuff, right? But for me, I did, I was able to build a portfolio off of, off of the back of a job board. So I think your goal with these is take a look at them, judge them for yourself. If you think you can make it work, that's awesome. But for me and Devin, for the most part, it's been a real struggle to actually get good value out of them. And it's for us, the for one of our primary goals initially in our businesses was to not be reliant on the job boards anymore, right? Not be reliant on them because they're, they're really hard. The quality is not very good. The projects you get aren't very good. The communication is not very good. Any metric that kind of leads to sustainable business is not very good on these, these kind of platforms. But if you're just starting out, just kind of take a look for yourself and you can judge and kind of be your own judge there as well. Yeah. I think that's 
going to be at the heart of anything that we say in this show is be your own judge. Anything that we say is mostly based on our experiences and everyone's going to have different experiences. And I tried Upwork, I tried Craigslist and I did not have good experiences. I had some clients, but the return on investment of time that I spent on the boards was a lot less than it was going out and meeting people and making contacts and building relationships with people, building trust and relationships also rather start, than... You also start devaluing your time on these boards too. When you see other everyone else building at 10 bucks an hour or something, right, for the work, you start saying like, hey, like there's no way I'm ever going to charge 60 an hour as a developer or whatever you charge, right? You start believing that this is the norm and that can be a really dangerous thing for the long-term growth and success of your business. So everything we've talked to up to this point has been about starting your business, deciding to start and building trust with clients and finding out who your clients are moving forward in the next episode we're going to be talking about how to name your business and from there we're going to talk about how to build a portfolio of work what that looks like exactly determining what you're worth and selling yourself to clients so thank you for listening to the freelance afternoon show i'm your host devin and i'm wes have a great afternoon if you want to join our freelance community Go to FreelanceAfternoon.com and sign up for our Slack channel. There you can chat with community members and ask questions about starting your own freelance business. Thanks for listening to the Freelance Afternoon Show. I'm Devin. And I'm Wes. Have a great afternoon.